Hello, thank you. Thank you for being here. My name is Jesse Lawrence. This is the Office Ball Z, episode three. And I've got a lot to talk to you about today. But before we get into it, I have to get something off my chest. Uh, not a toast, just some freeform stand-up comedy. Every time I get in the shower, it's like the same damn thing. You know, every time I soap up the puffy left arm left arm right and then it's like in my heart fellas i feel wash your face before your balls and asshole you know but then my brain just hears balls and asshole and i'm down there cleaning that and then i put the and then i got the balls on my face you know what i mean and the solution to this is actually quite simple i've realized it's just get a separate face wash a separate thing to wash my face with but but I don't have a million dollars to have all these bottles and appliances in my shower and everything like that. You know what I mean? My, my shit comes in one bottle. I squeeze it on top of my head. It flows down my body. I scoop it up. I clean the dishes. Anyway. Today we're going to start off with Dragon Ball. Last two episodes I started off with The Office. So I figured it's only fair. We're going to be discussing Dragon Ball chapters 205 to 213, which if you're reading the English split release, it is actually Dragon Ball Z chapters 11 through 19, so very early on in the Z portion. And it's Dragon Ball Z episodes 6 through 21. There's a lot of filler. If I have time at the end of the episode, I'll go over some of the uh, filler that I enjoy. And maybe that caused plot holes with some of the other filler. But yeah, this is, this is, uh, there's a lot happening, so let's just get right into it. Following Goku and Raditz's death, pause. Now, I already have to interrupt myself because, as I said, this is episode six, and our main character and his supposedly newfound brother who told him he's an alien, have both been killed by some other alien-looking guy who is supposed to be a bad guy as well. So what the hell is going on is, is all we can really think as kids watching this, you know, when it comes out as DBZ first. But following their death, we've got uh, Krillin, Bulma, and... Uh, Kame Senen, they are going to hunt down the Dragon Balls and also find out how the Scouters work so they can hopefully locate Yamcha and Tenshinhan. Uh, Bulma makes Krillin take the Scouter off of Raditz's dead body. And uh, Piccolo says that he is going to take Gohan as he sees tremendous potential in his power and he's the only one that could properly train him. And uh, Krillin makes a joke. You're not going to eat him, are you? And we get a funny reaction shot from Piccolo there. And uh, Piccolo takes him for the year. Because the whole thing is that Raditz tells everybody that the Saiyans are going to be coming in a year. The other Saiyans. And um, then we've got some stuff going on with Goku and the afterlife. But I'm not going to focus on that too much. I want to focus on the Gohan and Piccolo aspect of, of these chapters. And at the end of this chapter here, we've got uh, Master Roshi telling Krillin to go tell Chi-Chi, uh, which we have a funny filler 
scene in the anime of him going, and then I think, I think, he, like he he stalls for a long time just outside the house, and then she eventually does open the door, and he just says something completely different. You know, <laughs> doesn't mention Goku is dead and Gohan was captured by the Demon King. Uh, nothing important that he would have to mention, obviously. So we see uh, Piccolo wake up Gohan because he's he's been knocked out. Uh, we see him dr drop Gohan right into a river to wake him up. He's like, hey, wake up, and he doesn't, so he just drops him into a river. And Gohan is just, like, crying and freaking out, asking, you know, who Piccolo even is, asking where his dad is. And um, it was interesting to see Gohan cry so much as we discuss these chapters you'll you'll see I mentioned that he is just crying a lot and I've been watching the cell arc for the past couple months trying to get through it kind of slowly you know the android arc included and I think there's about seven years or something in between what I'm discussing here and the cell arc and Gohan really grows the fuck up, man. It, it's pretty awesome. Um, obviously, we all we all know how great the Super Saiyan two transformation is and everything. But even just the whole, even like after Namek and in Namek too, you know, like he really starts to develop uh, very young. And even when he defeats Cell, he's actually younger than Goku is at the beginning of Dragon Ball, which is really bizarre. <laughs> Actually, because um, I think he's supposed to be like eleven. Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's get let's get back on topic. So, Piccolo tells him the plan of what's going on, how he's going to train him, and how the Saiyans are coming, and his dad is dead, and and the universe is going to be relying on him now, or the planet, I should say, is going to be relying on him, and and Piccolo's strength as well, and everybody's strength together. And what Piccolo does is he just picks him up by the face, really. He just grabs, he just palms his his face and his head, and he just hurls Gohan at a mountain. And, you know, Gohan's kind of freaking out, crying, but then he freaks out in rage and has this huge key blast come out of him, and it blows up the mountain and everything. And Gohan's all, did I do that? You know, that's, that's his catchphrase in the, uh, in the old English version. And um, Piccolo's actually amazed. Like, he was expecting him to be able to, you know, save himself, but he's still amazed at how much power is coming out of this four-year-old kid. And he starts wondering if he's actually, you know, training someone who's going to become his greatest adversary because Piccolo still tries to pretend like he's a bad guy at this point, even though we see in the next few pages that Kami can sense that he is actually changing. And Piccolo tells Gohan that he's going to teach him how to separate his powers from his emotions. And the first step of training is to survive alone in the wilderness for six months. And he, if he can do that, then he'll come back and train him for the rest of the six months, because they have one year till the, till the Saiyans get there, the Saiyans. 
And, um, yeah, so the first step of training, survive alone in the wilderness for six months, which obviously made me think of Survivor Man, Season 4, Episode 7 of The Office U.S., written by known other than Steve Carell. Don't know what the fuck that was about. Directed by Paul Feig, who was known for Freaks and Geeks, Bridesmaids, a lot of those Melissa McCarthy movies. This is a great episode. I mean, Steve Carell has written two episodes, which we talked about on The Office Ball Z before. So we're finally, finally, we're already covering one of them, three episodes in. So we got the cold open. This is a great one. Ryan invited some of the branch managers and Toby into the woods for a get-to-know-you weekend. Michael wasn't invited what everybody's saying and all these talking heads that keep popping up. Michael wasn't invited. And we get Toby, no more s'mores. No more s'mores. Like, not even funny, but everybody's cracking up. <laughs> uh, and, and then you get Toby's talking head and Michael's knocking on the glass. Hey, hey, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I need that room at some point. So, get out. <laughs> and we've got Michael and Jim in Michael's office and he's talking about how a real man goes out into the wilderness by himself not a bunch of dudes frolicking around and then he goes I'm broken mountain <laughs> and he talks about the show Survivor Man how him and him back when me and Jen had cable we used to watch the show Survivor Man and basically the main premise was that the guy just tries not to die <laughs> So then he's talking to Dwight, and he's like, I just need two things, a roll of duct tape and a knife. And Dwight goes around the office. We see he has a bunch of weapons hidden around everywhere, like up in the ceiling. There's a file in the file cabinet for Mr. A Knife. <laughs> and then uh, Michael tells Pam, and then Jim chimes in that he's going to be a couple, he's going to be taking a couple of personal days to try to survive in the wilderness. And that uh, Jim is in charge for the next couple of days. So we got Dwight and Michael in the car and Michael is explaining a plane crash scenario where, you know, the people only have the clothes on their back to survive with. And uh, he starts talking about how this scenario is a serial killer who takes him out and drops him off in the woods or whatever. And Dwight starts saying that, oh no, I would never let you live. Uh, you know, I would, I would <laughs> make sure you were dead and then take out your teeth and, remove your fingerprints so that they can never identify you. And then they, they would call me the overkill killer. <laughs> and uh, Michael's like, you're as creepy as a real serial killer. <laughs> and uh, then Michael ties his tie around his eyes and Dwight smacks him in the head with his shoe. And uh, <laughs> they're just kind of goofing off. And then back in the office, uh, we see... We see them, and we find out about birthday month. It's, Angela's talking to Jim about how it's like everybody's birthday this month. And Jim comes up with the idea of having one big party. Because he's in charge, and let's just have birthday month. You know, all in one day. And uh, we also get Jim talking about everything how, that Michael always surprises people. And that he always sings the high harmony to the happy birthday song and everything like that. And it's kind of ridiculous. Michael looks like he's in Phyllis's car. 
like it doesn't look like he's outside of the car and pops up. It looks like he's in Phyllis's car. I, I don't understand. I never understood that. Maybe I'm really just seeing it wrong these 900 times later. But they arrive in the woods, Dwight and Michael, and Dwight signals for the camera crew to follow them, but to stay back. And uh, Dwight is Dwight is actually a bit more worried for Michael than Piccolo actually is for Gohan because Dwight at least looks like he's about to cry or something. Uh, but then he does vanish. He just runs away. And then it cuts back to the office. We find out that it's Creed's actual birthday today. So he requests like a peach cobbler or something like that. And uh, then it cuts back and we get Michael's first video log. The sun is about two-thirds easterly quadrant, so it's about two o'clock in the afternoon. He looks down at his watch, <laughs> and uh, he starts cutting his pants into shorts because the sun is depleting his resources, as he says. And he's like, watch that I don't hit my carotid artery here. And uh, I had to look this up because it's that's actually a thing, and I'm impressed that he knows the word. However, that artery is actually in your neck so that's a joke that i honestly never even noticed until this viewing so that was nice uh we see that dwight is watching him from a distance just like piccolo is watching gohan it's not going to be the last time dwight is the piccolo of this of this episode i'll tell you that uh, Michael's just doing a whole bunch of funny shit with his clothes. Uh, this is like what I was talking about in the first episode of The Office Ball Z, where he wrote this episode. So I wonder how crazy he went with improv when he was just on the set, especially in these like camcorder scenes. I'm sure he was just going absolutely nuts. Um, he's talking about how his coat is a backpack. His he has his pant leg as a hat. <laughs> And he rips his other pant leg into a kerchief. <laughs> and uh, we see that the camcorder time has, has like, elapsed about an hour. And then, he, then we get this great, uh, Wish Ryan took me on that cool retreat. Jan has plastic boobs. I have hemorrhoids. Then we see Dwight gathering some eggs and he starts cooking some eggs. We go back to the camcorder footage. It's about two hours now. Michael says one of my favorite lines. This one pops into my head a lot. <laughs> I have now fashioned my hat back into pants. <laughs> and uh, his pants are just like covered in duct tape. And it's... He's talking about how he wants a squirrel or a nice juicy rabbit to eat. And he makes a spear in quotations because it's it doesn't look like he made anything. It just looks like a stick. And he's talking about how he's starving because he hasn't eaten in three hours. Which reminds me of uh, ever since I found out that Donna might be cheating on me, I haven't eaten or slept. <laughs> it's been like literally ten minutes. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, <laughs> he starts singing Happy Birthday to Creed. He does the high harmony. I would attempt it, but seriously, my, my voice is pretty dry right now, so I'm not even going to embarrass myself. 
as he's singing happy birthday though the camera zooms out and we see that the the camera crew is pretty far away actually um they're pretty much like on the other side of the woods and uh it cuts back to people in the office they're all mad at jim um no one can get the cake that they want everybody wants a different cake and everything some people don't some people like the fact that they get a bunch of breaks throughout the month because of course you would cuts back to michael who has tended his pants as he puts it and it's just so pathetic looking it's so fucking hilarious <laughs> just like shreds of pants and duct tape as a as a hut <laughs> And he's laying his, his head on a tree. He's like, this might be paper at Thunder Mifflin one day. Dwight's looking at him through a rifle scope. He's like, safety is on. <laughs> then you've got... Then you've got a nice one where Jim is going to call for a conference room because he's like, all right, maybe this wasn't a great idea. And then he's like, no, you know what? We're just going to do this right out here in the bullpen. And... They're trying to discuss it. Everybody's trying to, you know, fit, come to some agreement. And Phyllis calls Jim Michael. <laughs> and Jim is just like, oh, God. And then we cut back to Michael and Dwight. And Michael is, he's got this big, this looks disgusting. <laughs> he's got this big bunch of mushrooms. And he just chomps on all of them at once. And I don't like mushrooms, so... This was not appealing to me at all. And uh, Dwight starts screaming and he, he rushes like from from across the woods to save him. And he's he's like pulling him out of his mouth and everything like he would a dog who eats like a fucking Eminem or something. And uh, <laughs> it's funny shit. And, you know, because Michael didn't even know Dwight was there, which which is an added layer of humor. But... That also reminded me of back in Dragon Ball when Gohan is up on the mountain and he sees the full moon because earlier on in the day he was being chased by a dinosaur and he pulled a super jump and jumped on top of this like mountain, this like just caught this like column of land, one way to describe mountains. And uh, he's up there, and well, it's actually it's actually nice because he can't get down, so he literally cries all the way from the day into the nighttime. And uh, Piccolo is you know watching him this whole time. He actually gives him some apples, and Gohan kind of looks around because he's like, "There's no apples. There's no apple tree up here on this mountain, this little mountain, you know." And uh, Piccolo's like, "You fucking motherfucker!" And then. Uh, so that's kind of nice of Piccolo. You start, you're starting to see Piccolo maybe softening up already. And uh, but that night, Gohan sees the full moon. He's taking a piss. I think, and uh, you know, I made myself laugh. I thought about something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'll say it later. He, uh, he's taking a, he's taking a piss. He looks at the full moon, and you know, he turns into the Ozaru, the great ape, and. Piccolo has never even seen this, so he's like, what the fuck? He's, like, freaking out, and we get a lot of great panels of, you know, just Gohan as the as the great ape destroying some mountains and pulling off, like, the mouth blast and everything like that, and he's just, like, causing destruction to this wasteland, and uh, really some great 
some great artwork here. I really love the Saiyan arc artwork for sure in Dragon Ball. And Piccolo recalls that Raditz told Goku about, you know, how the, the Saiyan's true powers uh, react to the full moon and everything. So Piccolo looks at the moon and he says, Get lost! Which I thought was pretty funny. And he blows the moon up, which is the second time in Dragon Ball they've blown up the damn-ass moon. So I don't even really know how it comes back the first time. I think they explained it somehow that Kami brings it back, but whatever. So uh, Gohan turns into a uh, little kid with a little kid penis, and he's sitting there naked. And uh, and uh, Piccolo's like, fuck this shit, and he rips off his tail too. He's like, the tail must be reacting to the moon. I'm just getting rid of all of it for good measure. And uh, he get, he's like, you know what, I might as well. I'll give you a sword, and I'll give you some new clothes. And he's got the orange gi, just like Goku's is. But... It's got the Ma kanji on the back, Ma meaning demon, which is um, the kanji that Demon King Piccolo had on his gi and everything. So then actually in the manga here, we get a six-month time skip. In the anime, there's a lot of filler about uh, Gohan training more and uh, Z fighters up on Kami's lookout training and Goku getting to Kaio-sama's planet and everything, but... um. Again, I don't want to focus on that stuff too much. Mainly focusing on all the Go the Gohan stuff. So in the manga, we get the the time skip, and Gohan seems to be in really high spirits. He seems to be doing good. He's eating a bunch of like fruit, and instead of being chased by the dinosaur, he's actually more so playing with it, and he, you know, kind of baits it to hitting its head against this mountain and kind of knocking itself out. And then he cuts off like a steak, like a cartoon ass steak, <laughs> like the Flintstones or something off of the dinosaur's tail, which he's apparently done before because the end of his tail is already missing. So he can use a key blast to start a fire. So he's also learning how to control his key and stuff. He's cooking up the steak and everything. Piccolo's like, all right, this is this is it. Now it really begins. Six months now. We've got six months to go, and we we see them finally start uh, actually fighting and training in the next chapter. And he's teaching him how to also, you know, not just fight, but how to feel his opponent without using his eyes. And it cuts to uh, Goku finally getting to Kaio's planet. And it stays on that for a good while. It focuses on Goku again because mainly it was focusing on Gohan. And then at the end of the chapter, it would just show Goku real briefly on Snake Way. And now it's going to switch to focusing on Goku and his training with Kaio. Um, so it stays on there for a while, and then when we finally get back to Gohan and Piccolo, Gohan is, like, beat to shit. He's got, like, a huge, uh, a huge black eye, and, um, Gohan, uh, well, Piccolo says to him that, you know, he's glad he's not a crybaby anymore, and that he see, he's seen improvement. And Gohan says that, you know, his his father says that Piccolo isn't all too bad anymore and that he agrees. He doesn't think he's too bad. And 
Piccolo to appear to be edgy says, go fuck yourself. And Gohan's like, all right. And then, you know, he kind of smiles himself to sleep that night. And that's pretty much it as far as, as uh, Gohan stuff until the, the Saiyans arrive because it kind of switches to Goku's perspective, finishing up training and then trying to get back to Earth. And we do see the Saiyans arrive. We see Krillin meet up with Piccolo and Gohan where they are. And then like, and then Vegeta and Nappa show up where they are and the other Z fighters aren't too far behind and Goku is trying to get really like trying his damnedest to get back to um, uh, King Emma's place so that he can come back to Earth. They've already wished him back to life, so he just needs to get back to Earth. He has to meet up with Kami. So everybody's really trying to meet up and get back together, which, speaking of getting back together, Michael and Dwight get back to the office just in time for Michael to hit the high notes and happy birthday. And skip around the room, skip around... All right, okay, all right. (laughs) And then he's got this great talking head about why man became civilized. And he goes, I don't need the woods because I have a nice wood desk. And I don't need fresh air because I have the freshest air of all, AC. And I don't need wide open spaces. And he flips his computer around and he's got the, uh, <laughs> he's just got like a, <laughs> a fucking background of like the mountains and then he changes it to like the woods or whatever. <laughs> And it ends with a really nice moment between Jim and Michael. One of my one of my favorite little moments of the show where Michael sits down next to Jim. Everybody's, you know, kind of partying, eating eating cake or whatever. And Michael sits down next to Jim and he says, uh, hey, buddy, you know, how'd it go today? You did good. And Jim is like, man, I... I don't know. I think I made a huge mistake trying to combine all the parties. And Michael's just like, oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I made that same rookie mistake. He's like, you'll learn. In 10 years, you'll learn. And Jim's like, well, I'm not going to be here in 10 years. And he says, yeah, that's what I said. And Jim spaces out a bit. And then Michael just goes, that's what she said. And Jim goes, that's what who said. And Michael just goes, I never know. I just say it. I say stuff like that to, you know, lighten the tension. Things get hard. Jim goes, that's what she said. He goes, nice. Well done. Bravo, my young ward. (laughs) And then it cuts the credits, and that's a really great moment. And, um, yeah, I think an underappreciated one, for sure. So that's pretty much all I've got for today, although I want to go over some filler here about Dragon Ball. We'll wrap it up pretty quickly. Like I said, there's quite a few episodes compared to the amount of chapters in the manga, and a lot of it is um, just Gohan like out and about in the wild. He's like getting chased by a stampede of animals. You've got some Piccolo training with um, himself. <laughs> He's like made, he makes like clones of himself, I think four or maybe just one, uh, but maybe four. 
and um, I think he's like lifting up pyramids and stuff like that. And then you've also got training of uh, the the dragon team, I guess Krillin, Yamcha, Tien, Chaozu, uh, Yajirobe. They're all up at uh, Kami's lookout, and they're training with Popo and stuff. And, and you see a little bit of that, like a very little bit of that, maybe one panel, honestly, in the manga. But in the anime, they go into... Now, the the Room of Spirit and Time, the Hyperbolic Time Chamber, wasn't a thing yet in the manga. So they go into, like, pretty much the same kind of room that Goku went into in Dragon Ball Filler, where it, like, takes you to these different dimensions, and they go to, like, an alternate planet... Vegeta, or no, maybe it's like a simulation of of planet Vegeta and uh, versus the uh, Tuffles, as they're called in English, which I don't really understand, but it's the Sufudujin, which is a pun on fruit, the Sufurians, a pun on fruit. Um, and actually, Toriyama did write the, the backstory for that, even though it was filler in the anime. He did write the backstory about the war between the vegetables versus the fruits. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, you get that stuff. You get Goku on Snake Way and the Snake Princess, and he falls to hell and things like that. Um, but some of the Gohan stuff that I wanted to point out, since we were mainly focusing on him this episode... Um, there's this episode where he becomes friends with this old Capsule Corp robot named C6. Uh, Gohan, like, falls into this, like, cave or these ruins. And he finds this robot there that's been buried for 80 years, and Gohan actually repairs its site. Now, remember, Gohan's a smart kid. He's been studying, even though he's only four and a half years old now. Uh, you know, Chi-Chi makes him hit the books. And fucking bitch. And, um... No, it's good. He'll be good. I should have hit the books, because now I can't even read my own notes. I'm freaking out over here, guys. I've really lost myself. Anyway, when he falls down there, the ceiling collapses on, on them, and, um... When they try to escape, everything starts crumbling and everything, and C6 uses the rest of his battery life to help Gohan get out. And um, I actually, I didn't have time to go back and watch all these episodes, but I remember actually really enjoying this episode. It's just him and his robot friend hanging out for the for the episode. And there's actually this pretty iconic shot, I think, I think, at least, from the show where uh, Gohan's got his sword on his back and his hair is flowing and he's crying and he's smiling. It's a really, really great shot. And that comes from the end of this episode when he's saying goodbye to C6. There's also another great episode where he meets a group of orphans. He, like, Gohan gets washed up on this, um, this shore or whatever, and these orphan kids find him. And they explain to him that uh, their town and their families were wiped out by a tsunami. And they've been on the run for a while now together. And they've kind of become like, you know, a group and a family together. And they are being chased by these adults, these these like social workers who work for the home, as they as they call it, and where they'll be forced to do chores and work, 
you know? Boo, chores. I'm a little kid. You know? Grow up. But antics ensue, and the leader of the orphan ends up making them get captured because he realized it's actually better if they go there because if not, they'll probably wind up to be delinquents or, you know, he can't provide for them. You know, he's not going to be able to provide for them forever and stuff like that. And he agrees to take Gohan to his home, and then he goes off and they say goodbye and stuff. And Gohan... He, like, walks through the woods, and he gets to kind of the edge of the yard, and he kind of sees his mother, and then he has this talk with himself about how it kind of goes against the mission here, and that, you know, he's really got to train so that he can actually see his mother for the rest of her life, so that the earth isn't destroyed, you know? Like, he has, he has something real to do here. And as he goes to turn around, he sees none other than Piccolo standing right there. Piccolo's like, you ready to go back? Gohan's like, yeah, let's go back. And they go back and they, they continue training and stuff. And then a, a weird piece of filler <clears throat> is we get a second Nozara transformation, and it's kind of dumb. The moonlight comes back and Piccolo's like, what's going on? How could this be? And he goes to destroy it again. And it, the beam just, like, goes right through it. And we find out that it's actually a projection of the moon coming from Goku's, like, Saiyan pod when he was a baby. And it just seems, like, super random. It's not the worst thing in the world, but also, like, it makes Gohan's tail grow back way too fast. And it's also just unnecessary. Like, we literally get to of this pretty much the same episode within like 10 episodes of each other. Like it's pretty unnecessary. I guess we don't really see the great ape after this arc ever again. Um, and it is an iconic thing, but even still pretty dumb bit of filler. And it also actually causes a plot hole because later on at the end of this arc, at the beginning of the Namek arc, the freeze arc, we start to see, um, well, we see that, Dr. Brief uses Goku's pod to make uh, Goku's spaceship. Or, yes. Yes. Goku's spaceship. Because uh, Bulma's spaceship is the uh, is Kami's Namekian spaceship. Yes. Just working things out with myself, guys. Don't worry about me. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so Piccolo destroyed the pod and the filler, so that that's where the plot hole comes in. Like if you're if you're watching the anime and you don't realize that the in the manga that doesn't actually happen, so there is no plot hole. If you're watching the anime, you're gonna notice that that's a that's a stupid plot hole, <laughs> and also a stupid episode of filler. So, uh, which which concludes this entire episode of filler of the Office Ball Z. Absolutely um, nothing important happened here today. But thank you for your time, irregardlessly, which I'm, I don't think is a word. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>